Good morning, friends. It's Grainne Tindall here. It's Numbers for Success, and this is your number cast on all things soul. Well, friends, it's March the nineteenth, twenty twenty-two, and it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to a wonderful lady who I feel is just going to absolutely blow the socks off you. She is the most extraordinary woman and her name is Amanda Sophia. And Amanda is a feng shui master, a Celtic priestess and a self-love guide. Now Amanda founded the International Feng Shui School and Training Program along with the Priestess Awakening School as a source of support and inspiration to help people find their own joy and to love their beautiful selves. And Amanda is based in the beautiful um county of Wicklow like myself or is it Wexford? <laughs> and Amanda is somebody who I have followed her work for many years and it is such an honor for me to meet Amanda. So let me introduce you to Amanda Sophia. Welcome Amanda. Hi Gronya. Hello everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. And we are we are my community that listen to this podcast. We are a group of men and women from all over the world who are connecting in to figure out our life and soul purpose. And that's why I interview beautiful people like yourself who have been on this journey a while. And um, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about if you can the incredible work that you do? Oh, I'd love to. Yes. Well, um I feel like I was kind of born into the work that I do. I I'm actually born and raised in Wicklow area and I really spent a lot of my childhood um with really deep connection and reverence to the land. Mm-hmm. Pony, you know, just gallop of mountains, spend time in the <laughs> the, the stone forts and the you know the fairy circles and everything and um like that connection to nature and kind of the spirit world has you know has always been with me you know on some level um and then when i moved to america um in my 20s my early 20s and um you know i i set up my my home there and everybody used to come in and be like oh my gosh did you have this place you know feng shui and i was like fun what Oh, what indeed! <laughs> and so after about you know the tenth person said, I was like, I've got to find out what this feng shui stuff is all about. And um, you know, to be completely transparent, like school was always a bit challenging for me. I had dyslexia, and you know, back then in the schools in Ireland, <laughs> you know, nearly forty years ago, it was just like you know, you just weren't treated that kindly. You know, there wasn't an understanding as there is now. So it was never really my thing. I would much rather. <laughs> be up the ferry forest on the horse you know gallop up the fields but when i discovered feng shui and the work that i do i just could not read and study and explore enough it was like yeah. the minute i found it was just like you know when you get those just full body chills like i i call them goddess bumps you know um yeah. throughout your body like that's how it was for me the moment i got on my path like and so here i am 20 odd years later um still fully deeply on my path and um you know i feel completely in my dharma and my purpose in in what i do and it's kind of like my, the feng shui work is really about yes what is it for those who may not know yeah well i think 
the way I explain feng shui, and there's so many different ways, but I think the best way is that when you step in your front door, do you feel like you're getting a big hug? Because that's what good feng shui is. That's what good feng shui is. It's just like you step in, and like I always ask people this, like when you step in your front door, do your spirits rise or do they fall? You know, and yeah, mm-hmm. and it really is our birthright. It is absolutely our birthright to have this beautiful sacred space because you know we don't have control of the restaurant, the library, the you know anything else, any other space we go into. And we all know that there's certain spaces we go into and we just don't feel great and we can't wait to get out of them. And then there's some spaces where it's like, oh my gosh, like I feel amazing in here. And that's yeah. what, that's what good feng shui is. And and you, you know, Gronya, everything now it's proven and the science is now caught up and it's proven now that everything is made up of energy, right? So absolutely you're either going to have your energy of your home either blocking and whether that's in relationships abundance uh, love or you know um prosperity or it's all going to flow for you you know it's, it's all going to flow and support you and it's not like you function your space and everything's perfect in your life but it's like you have this sacred container that you know we spend about 80 percent of our time in and come on the last few years it's been absolutely amazing. we've all been feng shui'd like having a space where we sleep well where we feel empowered we feel inspired and you know we're not living in the past because a lot of the time you know, and I, I can't wait to kind of talk about spring and what this represents and in our homes and in our lives. But like a lot of times when I go into people's homes, it's like, you know, they're, they're kind of living in the past, stuff they inherited, stuff they got when it was on sale. So anyway, it's, it's like all this stuff in their space that is yes. from the past, whether it's past relationships, past jobs, wh- whatever it is, instead of Ooh. who are you now? Who are you now and what resonates with your heart and your soul? And then where do you want to go? Like what's next? And is your home reflecting and resonating with that and helping you kind of get there in some ways, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. And it makes so much sense because, you know, it's true. And sometimes we may borrow things or we might take things from, you know, thrift stores and so forth. So we're really taking the energy of the belongings of other people then, aren't we? If we bring things into our home our oh, sacred space oh my gosh absolutely and you know again like taking it to another level when we move into a home and so from a feng shui standpoint we do all these calculations based on the year the home is built and then obviously the energy of the land and the ancestral energy of the land and but the thing is is if there's some homes that are not really supportive for relationships as we'd like or some not a supportive for you know finances and what happens is history keeps repeating itself. Let's say there was a divorce. Well, then the next couple that come in, come into that energy. And unless the space was really cleansed and cleared, you know, it's like fights and all that. All that energy goes into the walls, into the floors, into the carpets, into the... So that isn't absolutely energetically cleansed and rebalanced. Then it's like people that come into the space then are living in that energy. You know, sometimes you have people oh. and they've got a great relationship or uh, finance is fine. And then they move into a space that has that old resonance. And then they're like, why are we bickering all the time? Why is this? Why is that? It's like, well, you know, it's like we brush our teeth every day. You know, why wouldn't we cleanse the energy of our space? <laughs> you know, that is really interesting. My goodness. And would some of your work involved healing land as well? 
yeah. but people bring you out to their maybe their homes or their farmyards or whatever absolutely yeah so i mean feng shui is really powerful because we do look at the the land and the garden and everything but it's mainly like looking at the energetics of the house but and feng shui is really powerful when implemented but what happens if the land is out of balance and I, i'm talking about and of course the land is so old here in ireland you know it's like mm-hmm. war famine you know and there's you know when we look at it from a geomancy um standpoint like there's energy lines ley lines which connects you know a lot of these sacred sites from newgrange to stonehenge to you know machu picchu and all these sacred sites mm-hmm. line up so there's ley lines of energy that are power lines but then there's other kinds of lines of energy that run through the earth like geopathic stress or underground water and if homes are built on top of that it can lead to health conditions and um, and and we all know if there's health conditions or if there's and that causes you know financial because if you can't work or if there's you know financial it can cause relationship challenges you know so um if the land is out of balance and the house is built on that kind of land that can cause its own um challenges with the home as well fascinating and that's something else you do as part of the services uh, that you provide yes, yes. And, and all the stuff that i teach about in the school and um I, but you know really like working with the land is that's like a lifetime practice you know it's yes. like, and and the connection to the land and and that's kind of as well where my my priestess work weaves in and they all weave they weave in together you know yeah. The feng shui is creating the same container for you to live in, but the, the and, and there's inner feng shui, but then it's like the, the, your inner feng shui, and that is your, you know, your body is your sacred container for your soul. Oh, how wonderful! And the Celtic priestess, because it's so beautiful that you're now living here in Ireland, but you certainly have had a very that you've been with the Hollywood jet set. And now you're here in, in the southeast of Ireland. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because people love that. And then the fact that you're a Celtic priestess in the United States, that must have been fun. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it was really funny if if you think about it. So living in America, you know, so people would, let's say, hire me for feng shui. And then, you know, this Irish girl shows up at the front door. <laughs> it's like, I OK, work that one out. <laughs> beautiful so you 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 certainly helped a lot of people in you say we say so-called celebrities um to be you know to find themselves and to clear their houses uh, and yeah. homes yeah i worked with lots and lots of different celebrities now those both of those i you know signed you know confidentiality you of know. course um, of course but yeah like i I've, I've worked with a lot of uh, like I've gone to Bloomingdale's and DreamWorks and they've been to all the offices. I've worked with Bank of America, Wachovia Bank, Hewlett Packard. Um, I work with Hyundai Cars and helped um, work with their design team of how we could bring Feng Shui, the energetics, to the interior and the exterior of the car. Obviously not like a water fountain, you know, water fountain yes. the car, but just understanding that, you know, obviously the ergonomics, but also just the flow of energy and and the senses. So yeah, it was like a, a very exciting time over there. <laughs> oh, and it still is. You're still doing tremendous work. And of course, we're. I was delighted to have you on my show because especially coming up now uh, to the spring equinox. So would you like to share some of your wonderful wisdom about what we can expect and maybe some rituals we can do? 
Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Um, and this is a powerful time. I, I basically live my life based on the Celtic wheel. And, you know, we have eight festivals. We have our winter and summer solstices, right? And then we have our spring and autumn um, equinoxes. And then we have the other four festivals in bulk, which was uh, February 1st. And then we'll have Bieltana on May 1st, which is the fire yeah. festival. And that would be a really fun one because that's all about the fire and the passion, the sensuality. But this time of the spring equinoxes is really powerful because what equinox translates to is the Latin word for, you know, equal. So it is, yeah. it is equal day is night, right? And it's so beautiful because it's, it's the promise of the sun, the light, the longer days, the land is starting to heat up. But what it really like I so what I do, you know, every six weeks we go to one of these new times and I just connect with nature and I look to her, you know, Mother Earth. And, and as we call her Ireland Eru, the goddess, you know, it's where Era came from, the goddess Eru. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, you know, I look to her for her wisdom and, and and she she's like my guiding light because what is she doing at this time? She's starting to wake up just like all of us, you know, and I mean, after especially these last couple of years, but a long, you know, dark time of winter where we go into reflection and we dream and, um, you know, we really surrender into that. And now we're, we're coming to this fire time and, you know, everything's starting to wake up, everything's starting to blossom. And so yeah. it's, it's like, what is starting to wake up within you? And as we as we would say, you know, we're going to this young time of year and, and what the, you know, the equinox means, it's like balance. So, and sometimes when we're going from that darker, slower time of the year to, oh my gosh, now I need to come out in the world. You know, sometimes it can throw people out of balance a little bit. So it's really powerful to have that awareness, like we're shifting to this more external time, but I can also still pause. And I can breathe and I can be in nature and I can let myself move into this at the pace, you know, that I choose. Um, and it and also really is representing to us internally that union, that inner union of yin and yang, like our divine mm -hmm. masculine within us. It's, yes. it's representing, you know, that integration of the shadow and the light. Like I really go into that, you know, uh, you know, in my Celtic wheel program, like really going into the darkness when we go, you know, Samhain and then we go to, you know, deep into, you know, healing, whatever needs to be healed, whatever shadow wants to come up. So when we come into this time of year, we can have that full integration of who we are and step yeah. into that, you know, that full acceptance of ourselves. Yes, yes. And any ritual that you could recommend for our people around the world to to do at this time apart from reverence to to the beauty of the light you know here in ireland the light is luminous isn't it oh, absolutely and yeah. i, I suggest some you know simple rituals that i would suggest so every you know every point on the wheel and this this one is you know as i said representing you know rebirth and transformation and the reawakening right after a long dark winter so i like to create altars and um, for every single one of these festivals so an altar is it's kind of like the microcosm of the macrocosm it's like having the entire universe in your in your altar and it's like you know i like to bring in all the elements water and i love we're so blessed in ireland to have all these incredible sacred wells but you can make your own sacred water by gathering rain and you know um 
you know, blessing it and, and you know, saying prayer or chanting with yes. it. Um, and then I like to always bring fire. And of course, th this is the fire. We're stepping into the fire time. So you can bring your candle, the element of air, you know, when you're at your walks, if a feather lands in your path, it's a gift. And then mm -hmm. the element of earth. So I like to bring crystals onto the onto my altar. So I bring all the elements in and then, you know, other pieces of what this represents like this is a huge time of fertility you know rebirth giving birth Absolutely. yeah so i have um my daughter found a little nest and she gave it to me so i have a little nest on my altar with little eggs on it you know and representing that which i'm you know energetically giving birth in like projects you know projects that you want to start so everything really mindfully gets placed on your altar and when you sit at it it's this beautiful direct connection to the divine direct connection to guidance to grounding to connecting with your ancestors like you can create mm. for any reason you know to give gratitude to connect with your highest self so creating an altar and it doesn't need to be fancy you don't need to buy anything it can just be elements of nature that resonate with you you know if you saw some bluebells or some snowdrops or daffodils or yes you know so and that's bringing the wood element in so that's um a beautiful um ritual and another really one for all the ladies in the house but really anybody <laughs> <laughs> on the bring it on Amanda bring it on <laughs> you know and Oak, like the land of eternal youth like one of the rituals um is the dew on the grass on the morning which will be on the 20th but you know the the equinox energy is 19th 20th 21st um, yes. and go out to the grass and, and get the dew off and just put it on your all over your face anywhere in your skin you went to and it's like brings you like you know we say you know eternal youth so it's a very simple and then just as you as you place this beautiful dew it's like it's like a blessing and, and again everything in life can be a ritual it can be sacred it's not like oh okay i'm gonna go meditate this is my spiritual time for for me and how you know i invite um people you know that come through the priestess work is you know the whole life you know whether you bless your food and you consciously eat and it's you know conscious language it's everything can be can be sacred even taking your shower you know it's just it's cleansing it's purifying so it's it's i think rituals don't have to be something like outside of us it, you know you yeah. could just simply light a candle on, that's so beautiful my yeah. goodness and of course there's the full moon in virgo on the 18th mm -hmm. as well that's so, a energy right yes and i'm a virgo and uh it's you know the earth and the earth goddess and i think you had mentioned there's something about the goddess grania am i correct yes you are yeah well first of all you are an absolute goddess grania there's no doubt and that goes without saying <laughs> absolutely well so at every point on the wheel like you know we have incredible goddesses in ireland and um, these archetypes these ancient mythology stories and it's these goddesses we take the time to connect with them and evoke them and um like receive the wisdom they they wish to give us but so this like in in bulk in february it was british right so um that was the time bridget now that we're here at the spring equinox it, we have our beloved goddess um Gronya, who represents you know the triple goddess we've got the maiden We've got the mother and the crone. Like the crone is like that Kaliak winter energy. Mm -hmm. Now we're at this time of the maiden, right? So 
and looking at all the buds coming out, you know, the buds on the trees, you know, the, the, you know, the earth is heating up, so it's starting to come through. So Gronia represents like beauty and how can we bring that youthful play, you know, back into our lives? You know, mm. you know, if we go back to our ancestors, like at this time, it would have been really challenging for them. They, like their food supplies would be done, like they were in the depth of the winter. And, and it's like, oh my gosh, the sun, we can feel the sun on our faces. And oh my gosh, we can plant our food. And, and you know, they, they would be really hungry at this time of the year. So yes. it's such a powerful time of hope and, you know, we talk about the return of the light but like we're so blessed we've fridges and tin stuff now and everything and you know yes. that wasn't there for our ancestors so Gronia represents hope but what she also represents is sovereignty because the sun now is coming back into this time of sovereignty and um just a little bit of mythology on Gronia. So Gronia is um, the one that's connected with, I'd say, one of our greatest love stories um, with Gronia, the sun god, the radiant. Yeah, exactly, Gronia, exactly. So, you know, um, I, I don't know if you want me to share the mythology. Absolutely, go with it. I love it. I'm thinking to talk about Gronia, of course. <laughs> Gronia, and she was like, she was like, okay, so the king of Leinster at that time, um, Cormac, like uh, one of his his commanders, main commander, who was Finn, um, was like, okay, I'm ready to get married. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, but Gronia, she's the most beautiful maiden in the whole of Ireland. And so he asked the king's permission and um, and the king was like, yes, absolutely. And Gronia's like, uh, don't I get a say in this? And, you know, back then, not really. So, um on the night of the feast of the wedding, you know, big feast and a big hall and everything. Um, and they were to get wed the next day. She was like, I'm not doing this. So she really represents like sovereignty. You know, she, I, I know. And then she said to herself, I know the man that I'm meant to be with is in this room. I know he is again. So that's her intuition. And, you know, all these Irish goddesses have really powerful, magical powers, you know, so. Yeah, she just knew intuitively he was in the room. So um, Dermot was in the room. So he he was like gorgeous as well, charming. And he had this like magical um, love spot on his third eye. So basically um, any woman who looked at it would just fall in love with him. So <laughs> she's looking around the room, but he just did not want to cause trouble because Finn, you know, the commander and the king, and he's like, mm. so he had his hair covering, you know, this, this love spot. And so just as her eyes went to him, of course, the wind blew and blew his hair. And so she goes straight to that. She falls in love with him right away. And of course, she's this beautiful maiden. Um, and so she, you know, with her kind of magic powers, puts everybody asleep. And she said to him, come on, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to go together. And he's like, no, I cannot do this to Finn because he's, you know, my friend and he's the commander and the king. And she was like, you're going to, so she did some kind of like, it's called a geis, G-E-I-S. It's like a, a ritual that basically he would feel her love. So off they went on their horses galloping through the night. And um, a story would have it like she was like, okay, come on, let's, you know, have some fun. He was like, nope. And he resisted, I think, for a number of nights. And then finally was like, okay. So then they fell, fell madly in love. And um, the god of love is Angus. He's the god of New Grange. He, um, 
he was kind of the guardian from the two of the Dallin for Dermot to kind of keep him safe. So he just said, look, you can only spend one night everywhere that you go because Finn is, you know, he's following you to basically kill him. Absolutely. He's going to go to They were on the run. You know, they did it a night in all the standing stones and the stone circles. And so when they, every every rock, and that's why we have a lot of these like fertility rocks, you know, um, right. Hill of Tara and just all around the country. So, because everywhere that they slept, you know, they, they kind of blessed, you know, with their love. Um, and then, um, so I, throughout it, they had five children, but going, God, that's going to be hard going, moving night to Oh, wow. So they had children together. And did they live happily ever after, Amanda? Tell me they did. Well, well, <laughs> so finally, Angus, the god of love, um, found to find peace in Finn's heart. So he forgave them. And so they were able to settle down. And then a number of years later, um, Dermot and Finn were out hunting and a wild boar actually killed Dermot. And so kind of the mythology says, could he have saved him? Maybe, but did he really want to? And um, so there's two endings to the story and I'll let everybody decide because what's really interesting about learning about these stories is what does it activate in you? What does it trigger? What does it ignite? What does it awaken? So there's kind of two endings to the story. One is that, you know, Gronya carried on raising her kids and mourned the loss of Dermot forever. And then there's some endings to the story where she, you know, mourned for a couple of years, but then went back and married Finn, the commander. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Ah, good old Gronya. And if there's any Germans listening who have a love spot in the centre of the forehead, please contact numbersforsuccess.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Amanda, I love stories. I love the stories of Ireland. I'm passionate about it too. And Amanda, we're nearly, can you believe we're coming to the end of the interview? I could talk to you for two days. And um, so if people would like to contact you, um, regarding any of the most incredible pieces of the work that you do in your school as a feng shui master, a Celtic priestess. How do you? Yes, uh, join amandasofia.com and um, Priestess Awakening, but join amandasofia.com will kind of take them everywhere they need to go. And would you mind, I would just love to leave everybody with a, um, a couple of tips really quick for their home. Because, yes, uh, because we're moving into this time of spring equinox and it is all about, you know, we've been through from all the way from the autumn, kind of letting go and going inwards. So this is a beautiful kind of pivotal time as we're moving into this really expansive time of the year. So what I would suggest is take a little bit of time now over these next, you know, week or two and clear out any clutter and this means anything that you don't need use or love anything at all that you know and really just take a moment to look at the artwork the statues and um, everything in your space and you know I, I like I love the work of Maria Camden where she says just touch it and does it activate a spark of joy or not and if it doesn't I'd almost rather you in a more um you know empty space versus something that's full of all the stuff that doesn't align or resonate with you. So that is one one tip that is really, really important. And just start really small or get some support if you need it. But if you don't need, use it or love it. If it doesn't bring you alive, if you haven't worn it in a year or whatever, you know, just 
like clear it out because what happens is if your space is too full new things can't enter but if you yeah. consciously every little thing that you consciously let go of that you that doesn't inspire you that doesn't resonate with you you are making space to bring in that what you do oh that is just so beautiful and it makes such sense and amanda you've just so much wisdom and knowledge to impart and yes you do it with such divinity and it has been an absolute pleasure and i'm sure um friends if you wish to contact amanda um amandasofia.com is that correct join amandasofia.com yeah that's it yes amandasofia.com which is a fantastic website with all of your wisdom and knowledge and it has been an absolute pleasure oh, thank you so much Tonya, i just want to say thank you for having me here and thank you for the amazing amazing work that you do and i just feel so honored and grateful that you invited me thank you oh bless you so friends thank you all for listening to the numbers for success podcast please feel free to contact amanda amandasofia.com i really would highly recommend her work it truly is inspirational and it really will change your life until next week much love and blessings until we meet again Good morning, morning. friends. It's Gráinne Tindall here. It's Numbers for Success. And this is your Numbers podcast on all things soul. Well, friends, it's March the 19th, 2022. And it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to a wonderful lady who I feel is just going to absolutely blow the socks off you. She is the most extraordinary woman and her name is Amanda Sophia. And Amanda is a Feng Shui master, a Celtic priestess and a self-love guide. Now Amanda founded the International Feng Shui School and Training Programme along with the Priestess Awakening School as a source of support and inspiration to help people find their own joy and to love their beautiful selves. And Amanda is based in the beautiful um, county of Wicklow, like myself, or is it Wexford? <laughs> and Amanda is somebody who I have followed her work for many years, and it is such an honor for me to meet Amanda. So let me introduce you to Amanda Sophia. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, Gronya. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. And we are, we are my community that listen to this podcast. We are a group of men and women from all over the world who are connecting in to figure out our life and soul purpose. And that's why I interview beautiful people like yourself who have been on this journey a while. And would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about, if you can, the incredible work that you do? Oh, I'd love to. Yes. Well, um, I feel like I was kind of born into the work that I do. I, I'm actually born and raised in Wicklow area and I really spent a lot of my childhood um, with really deep connection and reverence to the land. Mm -hmm. Pony, you know, just gallop of mountains, spend time in the, <laughs> the, the stone forts and the, you know, the fairy circles and everything. And um, like that connection to nature and kind of the spirit world is you know, has always been with me, you know, on some level. Um, and then when I moved to America um, in my 20s, my early 20s, 
and um, you know I, I set up my my home there and everybody used to come in and be like oh my gosh did you have this place you know feng shui and I was like feng what? Feng <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what indeed <laughs> and so after about you know the 10th person said I was like I've got to find out what this feng shui stuff is all about and um you know to be completely transparent like school was always a bit challenging for me i had dyslexia and you know back then in the schools in ireland you know nearly know. 40 years ago it was just like you know you just weren't treated that kindly you know there wasn't an understanding as there is now so it was never really my thing i would much rather be up the ferry horse on the horse you know galloping up the fields but when i discovered feng shui and the work that i do i just could not read and study and explore enough it was like yeah. the minute i found it was just like you know when you get those just full body chills like i i call them goddess bumps you know um yeah. throughout your body like that's how it was for me the moment i got on my path like and so here i am 20 odd years later um still fully deeply on my path and um you know i feel completely in my dharma and my purpose in in what i do and it's kind of like my, the feng shui work is really about yes what is it for those who may not know yeah well i think the way i explain feng shui and there's so many different ways but i think the best way is that when you step in your front door do you feel like you're getting a big hug cuz that's what that's what good feng shui is it's just like you step in and like i always ask people this like when you step in your front door do your spirits rise or do they fall you know and yeah mm-hmm. and it really is our birthright it is absolutely our birthright to have this beautiful sacred space cuz you know we don't have control of the restaurant the library the you know anything else any other space we go into and we all know that there's certain spaces we go into and we just don't feel great and we can't wait to get out of them and then there's some spaces where it's like oh my gosh like i feel amazing in here and that's yeah. that's what good feng shui is and and you, you know gronya everything now it's proven and science is now caught up and it's proven now that everything is made up of energy right so absolutely you're either going to have your energy of your home either blocking and whether that's in relationships abundance uh, love or you know um prosperity or it's all going to flow for you you know it's it's all going to flow and support you and it's not like you fluctuate your space and everything's perfect in your life but it's like you have this sacred container that you know we spend about 80% of our time in and come on the last few years it's been absolutely <laughs> we've all been feng shuied <laughs> like having a space where we sleep well where we feel empowered we feel inspired and you know we're not living in the past because a lot of the time you know and i i can't wait to kind of talk about spring and what this represents and in our homes and in our lives but like a lot of times when i go into people's homes it's like you know they're they're kind of living in the past stuff they inherited stuff they got when it was on sale stuff and you know, it's it's like all this stuff in their space that is yes. from the past whether it's past relationships past jobs what whatever it is instead of Ooh. who are you now who are you now and what resonates with your heart and your soul and then where do you want to go like what's next and is your home reflecting and resonating with that and helping you kind of get there in some ways you know 
Oh, that's beautiful. And it makes so much sense because, you know, it's true. And sometimes we may borrow things or we might take things from, you know, thrift stores and so forth. So we're really taking the energy of the belongings of other people then, aren't we? If we bring things into our home, our sacred space. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And, you know, again, like taking it to another level, when we move into a home and so from a feng shui standpoint we do all these calculations based on the year the home is built and then obviously the energy of the land and the ancestral energy of the land and but the thing is is if there's some homes that are not really supportive for relationship as we'd like or some not a supporter for you know finances and what happens is history keeps repeating itself. Let's say there was a divorce. Well, then the next couple that come in, come into that energy. And unless the space was really cleansed and cleared, you know, it's like fights and all that. All that energy goes into the walls, into the floors, into the carpets, into the... So that isn't absolutely energetically cleansed and rebalanced. Then it's like people that come into the space then are living in that energy. You know, sometimes you have people oh. that and they've got a great relationship or uh, finance is fine. And then they move into a space that has that old resonance. And then they're like, why are we bickering all the time? Why is this? Why is that? And it's like, well, you know, it's like we brush our teeth every day. You know, why wouldn't we cleanse the energy of our space? <laughs> you know, that is really interesting. My goodness. And would some of your work involved healing land as well? Yeah. People bring you out to their maybe their homes or their farmyards or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, Feng Shui is really powerful because we do look at the, the land and the garden and everything, but it's mainly like looking at the energetics of the house. But and Feng Shui is really powerful when implemented, but what happens if the land is out of balance? And I, I'm talking about, and of course, the land is so old here in Ireland, you know, it's like mm -hmm. war, famine, you know, and there's, you know, when we look at it from a geomancy um, standpoint, like there's energy lines, ley lines, which connects, you know, a lot of these sacred sites from Newgrange to Stonehenge to, you know, Machu Picchu and all these sacred sites line up. So there's ley lines of energy that are power lines. But then there's other kinds of lines of energy that run through the earth, like geopathic stress or underground water. And if homes are built on top of that, it can lead to health conditions. And um, and, and we all know if there's health conditions or if there's, then that causes, you know, financial, because if you can't work or if there's, you know, financial, it can cause relationship challenges, you know? So um, if the land is out of balance and the house is built on that kind of land, that can cause its own um, challenges with the home as well. Fascinating. And that's something else you do as part of the services uh, that you provide. Yeah. Yes. And, and all the stuff that I teach about in the school. And um, I, But, you know, really, like working with the land, it, that's like a lifetime practice, you know, yes. and, and the connection to the land. And, and that's kind of as well where my, my priestess work weaves in. And they all weave, they weave in together, you know. Yeah. The feng shui is creating the same container for you to live in, but the, the and, and there's inner feng shui, but then it's like the, the, your inner feng shui, and that is your, you know, your body is your sacred container for your soul. Oh, how wonderful. And the Celtic priestess, because it's so beautiful that you're now living here in Ireland, but you certainly have had a very that You've been with the Hollywood jet set. And now you're here in <laughs> the southeast of Ireland. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because people love that. And then the fact that you're a Celtic priestess in the United States, that must have been fun. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it was really funny if if you think about it. So 
living in America, you know, so people would, let's say, hire me for feng shui. And then, you know, this Irish girl shows up at the front door. <laughs> it's like, okay, work that one out. <laughs> Beautiful. So you, 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 you certainly helped a lot of people in, you say, we say so-called celebrities um, to be, you know, to find themselves and to clear their houses uh, and yeah. homes. Yeah, I worked with lots and lots of different celebrities. Now, those, both of those, I, you know, signed, you know, confidentiality. Of know. course, um, of course. But yeah, like I've, I've worked with a lot of, uh, like I've gone straight Bloomingdale's and DreamWorks and they flew me to all the offices I've worked with. Bank of America, Wachovia Bank, Hewlett Packard. Um, I work with Hyundai Cars and helped um, work with their design team of how we could bring feng shui, the energetics, into the interior and the exterior of the car. Obviously, not like a water fountain hanging, you know, water fountain yes. hanging the car, but just understanding that, you know, obviously the ergonomics, but also just the flow of energy and um, the senses. So yeah, it was like a, a very exciting time over there. <laughs> oh, and it still is. You're still doing tremendous work. And of course, we're. I was delighted to have you on my show because especially coming up now uh, to the spring equinox. So would you like to share some of your wonderful wisdom about what we can expect and maybe some rituals we can do? Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Um, and this is a powerful time. I, I basically live my life based on the Celtic wheel. And, you know, we have eight festivals. We have our winter and summer solstices, right? And then we have our spring and autumn um, equinoxes. And then we have the other four festivals in bulk, which was uh, February 1st. And then we'll have Bealtaine on May 1st, which is the fire yeah. Well, and that would be a really fun one because that's all about the fire and the passion, the sensuality. But this time of the spring equinoxes is really powerful because what equinox translates to is the Latin word for, you know, equal. So it is yeah. it is equal day is night. Right. And it's so beautiful because it's it's the promise of the sun, the light, the longer days, the land is starting to heat up. But what it really like I so what I do, you know, every six weeks we go to one of these new times and I just connect with nature and I look to her, you know, Mother Earth. And, and as we call her Ireland Eru, the goddess, you know, it's where Era came from, the goddess Eru. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, you know, I look to her for her wisdom and, and and she she's like my guiding light because what is she doing at this time? She's starting to wake up just like all of us, you know, and I mean, after especially these last couple of years, but a long, you know, dark time of winter where we go into reflection and we dream and, um, you know, we really surrender into that. And now we're, we're coming to this fire time and, you know, everything's starting to wake up, everything's starting to blossom. And so yeah. it's, it's like, what is starting to wake up within you? And as we as we would say, you know, we're going to this young time of year and, and what the, you know, the equinox means, it's like balance. So, and sometimes when we're going from that darker, slower time of the year to, oh my gosh, now I need to come out in the world. You know, sometimes it can throw people out of balance a little bit. So it's really powerful to have that awareness, like we're shifting to this more external time, but I can also still pause and I can breathe and I can be in nature and I can let myself move into this at the pace, you know, that I choose. Um, and it and also really is representing to us internally that union, that inner union of yin and yang, like our divine mm -hmm. 
masculine within us. It's yes. it's representing, you know, that integration of the shadow and the light. Like I really go into that, you know, uh, you know, in my Celtic wheel program, like really going into the darkness when we go, you know, Samhain and then we go to, you know, deep into, you know, healing, whatever needs to be healed, whatever shadow wants to come up. So when we come into this time of year, we can have that full integration of who we are and step yeah. That, you know that full acceptance of ourselves yes yes and any ritual that you could recommend for our people around the world to to do at this time apart from reverence to to the beauty of the light you know here in ireland the light is luminous isn't it oh, absolutely and yeah. I, I suggest some you know simple rituals that i would suggest so every you know every point on the wheel and this this one is you know as i said representing you know rebirth and transformation and the reawakening right after a long dark winter so i like to create altars and um, for every single one of these festivals so an altar is it's kind of like the microcosm of the macrocosm it's like having the entire universe in your in your altar and it's like you know i like to bring in all the elements water and i love we're so blessed in ireland to have all these incredible sacred wells but you can make your own sacred water by gathering rain and you know um you know blessing it and, and you know saying prayer or chanting with yes. it um, and then i like to always bring fire and of course th this is the fire we're stepping into the fire time so you can bring your candle the element of air you know when you're at your walk with a feather lands in your path it's a gift and then mm -hmm. the element of earth so i like to bring crystals onto the onto my altar so i bring all the elements in and then you know other pieces of what this represents like this is a huge time of fertility you know rebirth giving birth Absolutely. yeah so i have um my daughter found a little nest and she gave it to me so i have a little nest on my altar with little eggs on it you know and representing that which i'm you know energetically giving birth in like projects you know projects that you want to start so everything really mindfully gets placed on your altar and when you sit at it it's this beautiful direct connection to the divine direct connection to guidance to grounding to connecting with your ancestors like you can create mm -hmm. any reason you know to give gratitude to connect with your highest self so creating an altar and it doesn't need to be fancy you don't need to buy anything it can just be elements of nature that resonate with you you know if you saw some bluebells or some snowdrops or daffodils or yes you know so and that's bringing the wood element in so that's um a beautiful um ritual and another really one for <laughs> all the ladies in the house but really anybody <laughs> on the bring it on amanda bring it on <laughs> you know and oak like the land of eternal youth like one of the rituals um is the dew on the grass on the morning which will be on the 20th but you know the the equinox energy is 19th 20th 21st um, yes. and go out to the grass and, and get the dew off and just put it on your all over your face anywhere in your skin you went to and it's like brings you like you know we say you know eternal youth so it's a very simple and then just as you as you place this beautiful dew it's like it's like a blessing and, and again everything in life can be a ritual it can be sacred it's not like oh okay i'm gonna go meditate this is my spiritual time for for me and how you know i invite um people you know that come through the priestess work is you know the whole life you know whether you bless your food and you consciously eat and it's you know conscious language it's everything can be can be sacred even taking your shower you know it's just 
it's cleansing it's purifying so it's it's I think rituals don't have to be something like outside of us you know you could just simply light a candle that's so beautiful my goodness and of course there's the full moon in Virgo on the 18th Mm -hmm. that's a energy right Yes, and I'm a Virgo and uh, it's, you know, the earth and the earth goddess. And I think you had mentioned there's something about the goddess Grania. Am I correct? Yes, you are. Yeah, well, first of all, you are an absolute goddess Grania. There's no doubt. That goes without saying. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, so at every point on the wheel, like, you know, we have incredible goddesses in Ireland. um, These archetypes, these ancient mythology stories. And it's these goddesses we take the time to connect with them and evoke them and um like receive the wisdom they they wish to give us but so this like in in bulk in february it was british right so um that was the time bridget now that we're here at the spring equinox we have our beloved goddess and grania who represents you know the triple goddess we've got the maiden we've got the mother and the crone like the crone is like that kaliak winter energy mm-hmm. now we're at this time of the maiden right so looking at all the buds coming out you know the buds on the trees you know the, the you know the earth is heating up so it's starting to come through so Bronya represents like beauty and how can we bring that youthful play you know back into our lives you know mm-hmm. you know if we go back to our ancestors like at this time it would have been really challenging for them they like their food supplies would be done like they were in the depth of the winter and and it's like oh my gosh the sun we can feel the sun on our faces and oh my gosh we can plant our food and and you know they, they would be really hungry at this time of the year so yes. it's such a powerful time of hope and you know we talk about the return of the light but like we're so blessed we've fridges and tin stuff now and everything and you know that wasn't there for our ancestors so Grania represents hope but what she also represents is sovereignty because the sun now is coming back into this time of sovereignty and um just a little bit of mythology on Grania. So Grania is um, the one that's connected with, I'd say, one of our greatest love stories um, with Grania, the sun god, the radio. Yeah, exactly, Grania, exactly. You know, um, I I don't know if you want me to share the mythology. Absolutely, go with it. I love it. I'm thinking to talk about Grania, of course. (laughs) Grania, Grania. And she was like, she was like, okay, so the king of Leinster at that time, um, Cormac, like uh, one of his his commanders, his main commander, who was Finn, um, was like, okay, I'm ready to get married. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, but Grania, she's the most beautiful maiden in the whole of Ireland. And so he asked the king's permission and um, and the king was like, yes, absolutely. And Grania's like, uh, don't I get a say in this? And, you know, back then, not really. So, um on the night of the feast of the wedding, you know, big feast and a big hall and everything. Um, and they were to get wed the next day. She was like, I'm not doing this. So she really represents like sovereignty. You know, she, I, I know. And then she said to herself, I know the man that I'm meant to be with is in this room. I know he is again. So that's her intuition. And, you know, all these Irish goddesses have really powerful, magical powers, you know, so. Yeah, she just knew intuitively he was in the room. So, um, Dermot was in the room. So he he was like gorgeous as well, charming, and he had this like magical um, love spot on his third eye. So basically, 
um, any woman who looked at it would just fall in love with him. So she's looking around the room, but he just did not want to cause trouble because Finn, you know, the commander and the king, and he's like, mm. so he had his hair covering, you know, this, this love spot. And so just as her eyes went to him, of course, the wind blew and blew his hair. And so she goes straight to that. She falls in love with him right away. And of course, she's this beautiful maiden. Um, and so she, you know, with her kind of magic powers, puts everybody asleep. And she said to him, come on, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to go together. And he's like, no, I cannot do this to Finn because he's, you know, my friend and he's the commander and the king. And she was like, you're going to, so she did some kind of like, it's called a geis, G-E-I-S. It's like a a ritual that basically he would feel her love so off they went on their horses galloping through the night and um a story would have it like she was like okay come on let's you know have some fun he was like nope and he resisted i think for a number of nights and then finally was like okay so then they fell, fell madly in love and um the god of love is angus he's the god of newgrange he um he was kind of the guardian from the two of the Danon for Dermot to kind of keep him safe. So he just said, look, you can only spend one night everywhere that you go because Finn is, you know, he's following you to basically kill Absolutely. him. Absolutely. He's going to yeah. go to They were on the run. <laughs> you know, they did it a night in all the standing stones and the stone circles. And so when they, every every rock, and that's why we have a lot of these like fertility rocks, you know, um, right. Hill of Tara and just all around the country. So, because everywhere that they slept, you know, they, they kind of blessed, you know, with their love. Um, and then, um, so I, throughout it, they had five children, but going, from, that's going to be hard going, moving night to Oh, wow. So they had children together. And did they live happily ever after, Amanda? Tell me they did. Well, well, so finally, Angus, the god of love, um, found to find peace in Finn's heart so he forgave them and so they were able to settle down and then a number of years later um, Dermot and Finn were out hunting and a wild boar actually killed Dermot and so kind of the mythology says could he have saved him maybe but did he really want to and um, so there's two endings to the story and I'll let everybody decide because what's really interesting about learning about these stories is what does it activate in you? What does it trigger? What does it ignite? What does it awaken? So there's kind of two endings to the story. One is that, you know, Gronya carried on raising her kids and mourned the loss of Dermot forever. And then there's some endings to the story where she, you know, mourned for a couple of years, but then went back and married Finn, the commander. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Ah, good old Gráinne. And if there's any Germans listening who have a love spot in the centre of the forehead, please contact numbersforsuccess.com. <laughs> oh, I love it. Amanda, I love stories. I love the stories of Ireland. I'm passionate about it too. And Amanda, we're nearly, can you believe we're coming to the end of the interview? I could talk to you for two days. And um, so if people would like to contact you, um, regarding any of the most incredible pieces of the work that you do in your school as a feng shui master, a Celtic priestess. How you? Yes, uh, join amandasofia.com and um, Priestess Awakening, but join amandasofia.com will kind of take them everywhere they need to go. And would you mind, I would just love to leave everybody with a, um, a couple of tips really quick for their home. Because, yes, please. Uh, because we're moving into this time of spring equinox and it is all about you know we've been through 
from all the way from the autumn kind of letting go and going inwards so this is a beautiful kind of pivotal time as we're moving into this really expansive time of the year so what i would suggest is take a little bit of time now over these next you know week or two and clear out any clutter and this means anything that you don't need use or love anything at all that you know and really just take a moment to look at the artwork the statues and um, everything in your space and you know I, I like I love the work of Maria Camden where she says just touch it and does it activate a spark of joy or not and if it doesn't I'd almost rather you in a more um you know empty space versus something that's full of all the stuff that doesn't align or resonate with you so that is one one tip that is really really important and just start really small or get some support if you need it but if you don't need use or love it if it doesn't bring you alive if you haven't worn it in a year or whatever you know just like clear it out because what happens is if your space is too full new things can't enter but if you yeah. can't the, every little thing that you consciously let go of that you that doesn't inspire you that doesn't resonate with you you are making space to bring in that what you do oh that is just so beautiful and it makes such sense and Amanda you've just so much wisdom and knowledge to impart and yes you do it with such divinity and it has been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure, um, friends, if you wish to contact Amanda, um, amandasofia.com, is that correct? Join amandasofia.com. Yeah, that's it. Yes, amandasofia.com, which is a fantastic website with all of your wisdom and knowledge. And it has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Gloria, I just want to say thank you for having me here and thank you for the amazing, amazing work that you do and I just feel so honored and grateful that you invited me thank you oh bless you so friends thank you all for listening to the numbers for success podcast please feel free to contact Amanda amandasofia.com I really would highly recommend her work it truly is inspirational and it really will change your life until next week much love and blessings until we meet again